All right, there we go. Be a church, worship without walls. My name is Jonathan Stockstill. I'm friends with your pastor, Pastor David Perez. Uh, I live here in Louisiana. Hurricane Ida just impacted us in a significant way. We saw churches destroyed, homes destroyed, over a million homes without power. Our state really suffered. And in our moment of need, your pastor reached out to us and said, how can we be a blessing? And you guys sent finances. You know, you live in a hurricane-impacted area, and I know that you felt the, the impacts of that. But how cool it is for you guys to give to another state and another church that's really going through suffering. I just know it blesses the heart of God and that he's going to bless you. And in your moment of need, you will see that his harvest comes back to you. So I just want to say thank you for being a generous church. Thank you for believing in your local church and the seed that goes from there. God bless you. Good morning, church family. I just want to share with you. Three that's another. Uh, there you go. <laughs> um, but we just you know, he sent us that video last week. Um, and uh, if if. Um, you guys can help me with the pulpit real quick because I don't have enough force to bring it forward. Um, no Star Wars fans in the house? Nobody got the joke? All right. Anyways. All right. Um, we were going to take a team out to uh, Louisiana and we were not able to go yet. There's still a lot of work to be done. So we are getting ready to take a team. The week we were supposed to go, they got hit by another storm. So we weren't able to go. Um, so we're working on putting together a team that can go. There is so much work to be done. I was reading an article yesterday on CNN. Uh, dot com that there is a, an entire little city that's about 25 miles uh, south uh, east of New Orleans um, that the entire city sits at around two to three feet below sea level it flooded so much that all of the caskets in the local cemetery have flown uh, flo floated away and landed in people's homes they're still trying to figure out whose are the caskets I mean there is so much devastation uh, going on right now in Louisiana um, that you're like, you know, if we're trying to help as much as we can right now, we've sent finances uh, to a church that we believe in and that we know is out there getting it to people. It's very important when you sow that you know where you're sowing. Because sometimes we sow to places and we don't know where it's going. And God sees the intention of our heart, but it's important to know if it's fertile soil or not. And um, so they're helping local churches rebuild as it is right now. And uh, we wanted to say thank you because the only way that that happens is because of each of you that calls 3W your home and because your faithful tithers to the house were able to then be a blessing uh, in different areas. So thank you. And as Pastor Jonathan said, we know that the harvest is coming. Um, and in our moment of need, God, harvest will be there because God is faithful. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, before I jump into, me into the message, I got to take one second because I love to celebrate and congratulate. So Aaron, come here for one second. I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm very proud of this young man. Come here, Aaron. You're so tall, you can stay on the bottom, all right? Um, but Aaron is one of our youths. Uh, he's been here at the church for many years, and he plays baseball. And uh, he just made it uh, into the next round or, or for the, uh, the junior national team of the United States as a pitcher. And... Uh, for what, what's the age bracket? Uh, 13 and 14. 13 to 14 year olds. As I said, he's very tall. Uh, but uh, let's pray over Aaron. Father, I just thank you for his life. I thank you, Lord, for the blessing that he is and the giftings that you've given him athletically. We pray, Lord, your continued protection upon him. Lord, we pray, Father, that even as he meets these other young men from across the nation, that he will be able to be the light, that he will be able, Lord, to lead that team, not just in the area of, of the sport, but, Father, even be that voice that tells them about who you are. Father, use this young man for your honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We're proud of you, man. We are proud of you. Man, it is important to celebrate things. And we are so proud of Aaron. 
and, uh, and what God is going to continue to do. Amen? Can we give God one more shout of praise? We're going to jump into the message. Um, we've been in a series titled The Secret Life. Today we're wrapping up the series. And we've been talking about prayer, how to pray, and prayer track, and, 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 and how we're supposed to do things in secret because God, who sees in secret, will reward us for what we do. And I was reading this story about this little old lady who lived out in the boonies. You know what I'm talking about? Like she lived so far out there that it was literally off the grid. And um, the power company was trying to get electricity to all the different areas of this remote town. And this lady said, I want electricity. And, and she did what she had to do. And the power company was able to send out the conduits and all the different stuff. And they finally got power to this little old lady's house. And she was ecstatic. She was thrilled. But the manager of the power company, he, he was something was striking, striking him as odd. He, he checked after the first month her power consumption, and she had only consumed one bar of energy. The lowest setting that could be consumed, basically, is what she had consumed. And the next month again, so he said, something must be wrong. I need to go check out on this little old lady. And so he drives all the way to the boonies, and he knocks on her door, and she comes to the door and, and he says, ma'am, I'm from the power company. Do you remember? He's, yes, I remember. He's like, I want to make sure your power is working. I want to make sure everything is fine. She says, everything is working perfectly. And he says, well, then you need to help me understand. Why is it that you're only consuming one? I mean, you're consuming the least amount of kilowattage power possible. What is it? She was like, well, I turn it on every single night just long enough to light my kerosene lamp. And then I use that for the rest of the evening. See, she didn't understand the power that was now reaching her home. And can I tell you that many of us, like this little old lady, have a power conduit that we do not tap into, and it's actually called fasting. Tonight, or today, we're going to be talking about the power of fasting and what fasting is. Now, everything boils down to what I mentioned last week when we started off. What, why do you do what you do, right? What is the condition of the heart? When Jesus was preaching or speaking out of Matthew chapter number 6, he said that. What, basically, he was saying, what's the condition of your heart? What are you doing? Why are you doing it? Why are you helping people? Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Why are you praying? Do it in the secret place. And basically, the same thing is that. Why are you fasting? So look at what he says in Matthew chapter number 6, verses 16 through 18. That's been the, the, the passage for the entire series. Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to read verses 16 through 18. This is Jesus talking. He says, moreover... So this is after he talked about our giving and our doing our good works, and he talked about praying. He says, moreover, additionally, upon what I've already said, right? When you fast, do not be like the hypocrites. It's one of the words Jesus loved to use. Jesus used to love calling people out. Don't be a hypocrite. He says, don't be like the hypocrites with a sad, sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear to men to be fasting. In other words, probably some of them weren't even fasting. They were just making it look that way. And assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. In other words, they had people that were saying, oh, you're fasting. You're so spiritual, man. You're so awesome. You're such an amazing man of God. That's it. That's, that, that's it. They were done. Nothing else was happening. He continues to say in verse number 17, but when you fast, anoint your head. Wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting. 
But it says in verse 18, so that you do not appear to be men to be fasting, but to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in the secret will reward you openly. I want to tell you a few things this morning. The first one is this. Fasting is not a weight loss program. I want to be clear on that one, all right? We don't go on a fast in order to lose weight, although that might be a byproduct. But I will tell you that when you get off the fast, you gain it back. Can I tell you the best place to break a fast in my personal humble opinion? At an all-you-can-eat place. My, my choice is Texas de Brazil. Lots of rice and beans and meat. Nothing like breaking a fast at a joint like that. All right? So guess what happens? If I did lose weight on my fast, I gain it back. It's not a weight loss. You don't fast by mistake. I've heard people tell me this before. I was so busy today, I, got, I had to skip lunch. I guess I'll just call it a fast. I was fasting. No, you weren't. You were busy, not for God. You were just busy, and you skipped lunch. You skipped a meal. Fasting is done on purpose. Fasting doesn't happen by mistake. If you have a, a, in your heart that you fast once a week, and that day you woke up late so you couldn't have breakfast, you can't then say, oh, I guess today's my fasting day. Because fasting is done on purpose and for a purpose. Fasting is not something you do just to get rid of a, 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 something for a season that shouldn't be good for you. I'm, I'm going to give you this example. I gave up soda two and a half years ago. I have not drank a soda in two and a half years. I am not fasting soda. I gave up soda. So I can't say I am on a fast of soda. First of all, it was bad for me. 41 grams of sugar per can of Pepsi, not good. So I got rid of it. Now, I say this clarification because I've had people tell me, well, and, oh, I'm on a fast. Okay, so what are you fasting? Oh, I'm fasting fried chicken. Okay. Do you do this? Like, well, my doctor told me I need to, like, get rid of grease and different things, so I'm going to fast fried chicken. Well, that's not a fast. Your doctor told you you need to stop eating the greasy food. Now, you can fast fried chicken if that's what you ate every day, and you're giving it up for a fast. I'm not saying you can't fast fried chicken. What I'm trying to say is this. You can't change something in your lifestyle because you're supposed to medically or whatever reason, then call it a fast. You fast on purpose. And what is the definition of the word fast? This is dictionary definition, not biblical. Dictionary definition of the word fast is this. Abstain from all or some kind of food or drink, especially with a religious observance. This is the definition from the dictionary. See, because many of us fast when we go to the doctor, if they tell us they're going to do blood work, what do they tell you? You need to go in ayuna, right? You got to fast. You have a medical procedure the next morning. They tell you after 10 p.m., you cannot eat anything. You have to come into this procedure having been in a fast. You need to abstain. But when you're talking about fasting for God, it is abstaining for the purpose of getting closer to God. And there's two types of fasts, really, that we're going to kind of talk about. There is a personal fast and a corporate fast. There is personal fasting and corporate fasting. Personal fasting is when God puts it upon your heart to fast about a specific situation, about a specific thing. And nobody needs to know about it. It's you. I have a quote-unquote, I guess I would call it fasting calendar. I have a routine of fasting in my personal life. I don't tell people when I'm fasting that day or whatever it is. Which just means 
If somebody invites me or invite, if I'm going to meet with somebody on the day that is my day that I was fasting and it's supposed to have a meal, I don't tell the person, no, 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 I can't go because I'm fasting today. I just try to change it up and say, hey, you know what, why don't we just meet at, this, at the church instead of going to a restaurant? I don't tell them why. I don't need to say why because I don't need to tell people why. I'm, I'm on a personal fast. A corporate fast is when an entire body is fasting together with a purpose. And we're going to get into that a little bit deeper. And actually today at the end of service and at the end of this message, I'm going to explain a corporate fast that we're going to start as a church tomorrow, 21 days of fasting. And as the Lord leads you, but we have a schedule of what to pray for each day and what biblical verse to stand upon. Now, in the Bible, we see different lengths of fast. We see some people who fasted for a day. We see some people who fasted for three days. We see some people that fasted for 21 days, like Daniel. We see some people who fasted for 40 days. Moses, twice, when he went up to the mountain, fasted for 40 days, and Jesus fasted for 40 days. I've never gone on a complete water fast of 40 days, and, and, and I, don't, I, haven't, I haven't done it. Why? Because if you, don't, if you try to do it, any fast, without being called by God to do it, all you do is have hunger pains and a miserable time. I'm going to be dead honest with you. When I skip a meal or go too many hours without eating, I get hangry. Like, you know the Snickers commercial where the guy looks like somebody else and they give him the Snickers? That's me. But when I am fasting because I woke up saying, today I am dedicating this time to the Lord and I am not going to eat. I am going to fast with a purpose. I will go a full 24 hours, sometimes longer or whatever, without eating any food. And I will not be in an unpleasant disposition. But when I end the fast, if I said I was fasting till 6, and for whatever reason, because the girls had to finish homework or whatever it was, is 6.30 or 7, and we haven't eaten yet, I start getting hangry. I wasn't 25 minutes before, but now that the anointing is gone, it's like boom, right? Because you fast for a purpose, and God gives you a grace while you fast. Pastor, why are you spending a Sunday talking about fasting? Because we are all called to fast. And I'm going to give you some reasons why. Write these down. One of the reasons, these are not, this is not an exhaustive list. I just want to talk about four things this morning. The first one is this. We fast to get closer to God. We fast to get closer to God. We see Jesus going out into the wilderness for 40 days fasting. And during that fast, and at the end of that fast is when he got tempted by Satan, if you remember the scriptures. That's when Satan came to tempt him, which means on the day that you decided to fast and you didn't tell anybody and you go to the office, you better believe it. On that day, somebody's coming with a bandeja of patelitos, right? Hey, do you want one? I'm good, thanks. Are you sure? They just came out of the oven. I waited an extra 20 minutes for them today. Thanks, you know. It's going to happen. Take it to the bank. But you're fasting to get closer to God. Fasting without purpose is just skipping meals and losing weight. That's all it is. You need to have a purpose. And it's to get closer to God when we fast. A second thing or a second reason of why we fast, we fast for direction. We fast for direction. Acts chapter 12, if you've got your Bibles, go to Acts chapter 12. I'm going to read verses 1 through 3 of Acts chapter 12. All right? Acts chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, and it says this. Now, about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some of the church. I'm sorry, I'm in the wrong place. Acts chapter 13, not 12. Acts chapter 13. 
Now in the church that was Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius and Serene, Mananean, who had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, they were able to hear the voice of God. It says, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then, having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. Church, we should not make any significant decision as a believer without fasting about it. You're thinking about changing your career? Enter a fast and ask the Lord to give you clarity. And if God doesn't give you clarity, don't change. Fast. This is what happens when you fast. You are subjecting your fleshly man to the back. So that your spirit man can come to the fort, come forth. Have you ever inserted an image in PowerPoint or Word or anything like that? And now that image is in front of the writing or in front of something needs to be. And you click on the image and you put send to back. So that the, what needs to be at the forefront comes forward. That's what fasting does. It says man, flesh, step to the back and let the spirit man come forth. The spirit man can hear the voice of God. The spirit man can hear the clarity. The spirit man will be able to see what God is designing for them to do. So we fast to get closer to God. We see that in Jesus. We see tons of people. We fast for direction. Another thing we fast for is we fast for protection. We fast for protection. There's this person in the Bible by the name of Esther. And you can read her story. It's a very, it's not a long book in the Bible. It's only about 10 chapters, give or take, maybe a little less. And the story of Esther is this. She is orphaned, and she is adopted by her cousin, Mordecai. The king has a really bad experience. Something happens with his wife, and he sends his wife off. He casts her away because of something that happens, and he says, I'm going to get a new wife. Men don't get any ideas. Don't do that. He was a, a worldly, fleshly man, but God used it to save Israel. Fix the issue with your wife. Don't go to sleep upset at her or her upset at you. But I'm not preaching about marriage right now. Let's get back to Esther. <laughs> so the king says, I'm going to have a beauty contest, right? It's basically what it was. And he picks Esther and Esther becomes the queen. Now, there's this other guy who was like the right hand of the king. His name was Haman. And this was a bad guy. Not like he's a bad dude. Like, you know, like we say bad isn't good. No, this was an evil man. And he hated Mordecai. Because Mordecai wouldn't bow down to him. And so he comes up with this whole huge plan to not just kill Mordecai, but everyone who was Jewish. And so Mordecai finds out that the king has said yes to Haman and killing all the Jews. And he goes and tells Esther. And Esther says, I can't go to the king. The king hasn't called me. And in that law of that time, if you went before the king without being called, you were executed unless the king extended his scepter to you. And this is what Esther does in chapter number four, verse number 16. She tells Mordecai, tell all of Israel to fast for three days. Do not consume any food or anything for three days and pray for me, myself and all of my maidservants, all of the, of the women that work for me, we're going to fast 
And at the end of the fast, I'm going to walk in front of the king. And we're fasting that the king would extend his scepter towards me. She fasted for protection. If you're going on a trip, if you're buying something, if you're doing something and you need the protection of the Lord, have a fast. You and your family go on a fast. Praying for the protection. We see it also in the book of Ezra. Ezra goes to the king and the king gives Ezra all the money for the rebuilding of the temple. And this is what Ezra says in chapter number eight. You can read the book of Ezra, chapter number eight. Fact check me on the Bible. Bible check me, all right? Ezra chapter eight, verse 21 to 23. This is what Ezra says. He says, we cannot, I'm paraphrasing it, but this basically says, we can't be believing that God is sending us to do this and the king has given us all the money and now we need to ask the king to protect us on our journey. So let us fast for God's protection as we march back to the place to rebuild because he was going with a lot of finances, a lot of the different things to build. He fasted for protection. We enter fast in certain seasons for protection upon us, upon our family. Your wife is pregnant. You're getting ready for the delivery. Husband, fast to cover protection over your wife on her behalf. There's been many a times where I have fasted for my wife because she was going into a meeting, because she was going to a thing. Every interview she just had with FCS before getting uh, uh, offered this position as, as a principal, every day that she was going to go into a meeting, I would fast for her. Anytime that she has a specific meeting with whoever it might be, a difficult parent or whatever the case may be, she tells me I will fast until she's done with her meeting because I am her husband. I am her covering. Husbands, fast for your wife and the protection upon them. You are her covering. You are her shield. Oh, I don't like fasting. Neither do I. As a matter of fact, I don't ask this question because I don't want to call you a liar. Because if I asked right now, who here loves fasting? And you raise your hand, I'm going to say, dude, you are a liar. You just don't like eating. And again, the same way that you can't fast by mistake, you can't tell me, oh, I love fasting. And the reality is you just don't like eating food. Fasting subjects your body. You give up something you don't want. You tell me, oh, man, I can't go the day without coffee. I have to have my three coffees. Fast your coffee, and you'll see how it hurts your body, and you have to get through the process. Fasting needs to hurt. And what do you do during the time that you're fasting, the time that you were supposed to be eating or whatever? You spend that time with God. It's not like, okay, I'm on a fast, and then you do nothing to get closer to God. You were just on a diet or going to a doctor's appointment. You fast on purpose and for a purpose, to get closer to God, to get direction from God, for protection from God. And the fourth one I want to talk about this morning is that we fast for our freedom. We fast for our freedom. Matthew chapter 7, we recount the story of a man that takes his child to be prayed over by the disciples. And if you remember it, and you can read it later, again, Bible check me. Guess what you're going to do, Ethan? You tell dad later, Bible check pastor. <laughs> this is what he did. The disciples prayed and the demon didn't leave. So Jesus shows, on the, shows up on the scene and the dad comes and says, nothing happened. The disciples are like, nothing happened. And Jesus says, how long am I going to have to deal with your unbelief? 
And he rebukes the demon. The demon leaves. The boy is healed. Then the disciples come to Jesus. It's like, why didn't they listen to us, you know? And Jesus said this, Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. This kind does not come out but by prayer and fasting. Now, what does it mean? That specific demon that had this boy deaf and mute, the unbelief, what is it? Well, this is what it is. Whatever you can't face and find your freedom in the natural, fast for the breakthrough. When you tell me, Pastor, I don't have the strength, I can't do it, I can't get out of it, no matter how hard I try, I can't give up smoking. No matter how hard I try, I haven't been able to let go of pornography. I haven't been able to do this. I haven't been able to stop cheating. I haven't, no matter what I do, I can't. You're right. You can't. But you've got the power of prayer tied to fasting. I'm going to give it to you this way. Anybody here like watching the Olympics? Okay. There's two types of high jumps in the Olympics. There is the one where the athlete will run as fast as they can, and there's a little platform with a stick that's about seven feet up in the air, and they will run, 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 and they will jump and lay themselves over the bar. That is the high jump. And they can get to seven. Some really, really athletic people maybe get to eight feet. And then there's another type of high jump that people jump over 18, 19, 20 feet. And these people aren't coming and running with all of their strength and hitting a trampoline or whatever to get over this high bar. These people are running with a pole in their hand. See, this competition is called the pole vault. They run with this pole down all the way down the lane and they insert the pole into a little ditch in the ground that catches the pole and then it uses all of the inertia and strength from their running to lift them. It bends the pole, bends and lifts them and thrusts them over the high bar at 18, 19, 20 feet. They couldn't do it on their own, but the pole bends them over the top. And this is the perfect picture of it. We cannot get over certain obstacles on our own strength. We may reach seven feet, but no matter how many times you try to clear the 18-foot obstacle, not until you pray and fast together are you going to hit it and break over the top and receive your freedom and stay in your freedom. Fasting is like the pole to the pole vaulter. You can't on your own, but you can with God. You can't on your own strength, but God gets you to the other side. Pastor, I don't know how to fast. Well, that's why we had this whole series on prayer and now ending it with fasting. Because it's not just giving up a meal or abstaining from something. It is doing it with a purpose. As a matter of fact, let me talk to the married couples again. There's actually an instance that Paul talks about, about a married, a married couples perhaps entering a season of fasting where they abstain from having sex with each other. For a season and for a purpose, something they're believing for. You can't look at your wife or wife can't look at your husband and say, no, not today because uh, I'm fasting. No, it's got to be both together. For a reason. 
perhaps for your children, or for whatever the case might be. So what again, what is fasting is abstaining from something for God. And we'll be clear again, you can't abstain from stuff that you're not supposed to do anyway. Like for me, abstaining from fish ain't a fast. I don't eat it. You can't tell me, oh, I'm entering a fast. God called me to fast. And you know what? I, I, I'm going to fast illicit drugs. Dude, you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> you're going to go to jail or the morgue. We fast stuff that hurts. You have to watch the football game. Oh, I can't. Fast football for a season. You see God do some breakthrough in you. Just giving an example. Four things in a personal or corporate fast. We fast for getting closer to God, direction, protection, and our freedom. And fasting is that pull that vaults us over the obstacles so that we can receive what we are waiting for. And so I am calling as the pastor of 3W Church a corporate fast for the next 21 days. Now, many of you in online campus, this includes you, you're part of our church. Many of you perhaps have a medical condition. If you're diabetic, it's very difficult for fasting. You have to, you're going to have to really think through what the process is. But what I want is I want each person, if you're here today, as we worship now at the close of service, ask God, what do I give up for the next 21 days? And at the end of service, we're going to have somebody in the back, Pastor Fernie's going to describe it a little bit more, who has the sheet. We created a, a document that has the 21 days and what topic we are fasting for every single day and what Bible reference to declare. And we made it simple for you. We didn't put the reference for you to have to find it. We even typed up the reference so you can read it. And together, we're going to fast. Some of the topics in there are our family. Some of the topics in there are for each of us to walk in the gifts or the fruit of the Spirit. Sorry, not the gifts, in the fruit of the Spirit each day. There's different topics that are there, and we're going to fast. It starts tomorrow, and it will end on the third Sunday from today. And Pastor, why did you do it at the end? Because I needed you guys to know how to pray. And I needed you now to understand why we fast. And some of you, I declare, some of you right now that are going through things that you have never been able to break free from, in the name of Jesus, you're going to see that freedom at the end of this fast. With intentionality. Perhaps you're going to determine, you're going to ask, Lord, show me what to fast. Perhaps you're going to commit to fasting breakfast every day, and you're going to spend time with the Lord in the morning, the time you would regularly make your coffee and, and your your eggs and ham or whatever, you're going to spend that time with the Lord. Can I tell you what's hard sometimes? When I'm fasting and I cook for my family. But I do it. And, I, and I, I'll resist any craving because I'm doing it for God. Again, we're going to have a document on your way out and we created a registration on Church Center. If you register on Church Center, when you finish the registration, it gives you a PDF in English and Spanish so you can download it and have it as a digital version instead of a paper version. But I will tell you again, these four things, 
we fast. We get closer to God for direction, protection, and freedom. There's other reasons, but those are the four we hit this morning. And it will vault you to the other side. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Father, this morning as we worship, Lord, I pray over 3W Church, I pray, Father, that you may show us individually, each member of the church that sees 3W as their home, what they can realistically, even though it's going to hurt them, what they're going to do, promise you and fast for the next 21 days. I pray, Lord, that you show each and every one of us what to fast, what specific thing to fast for upon the 21 things that we're going to be praying for individually over the next 21 days. God, speak to us as we enter this corporate fast in Jesus' name.